Shabbos, Shir number 46. So what's between Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh? Shabbos expresses a single wonderful message. By now you should all be chanting it out loud. That's the word Shavisa. Everything stops. The world belongs 100% to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. All week long a person can go out in the big wide world, be active, conduct his business, etc. When Shabbos comes, everything stops. Then the truth is unveiled. The world belongs totally to Hashem. This point is emphasized by the prohibition of Melacha. We stop doing, okay? And what about Rosh Chodesh? It seems to express exactly the opposite. It shows the ultimate importance of what we do. The entire world depends on Torah. Only the Jews have the ability to make decisions in Torah, such as when Rosh Chodesh will be. This seems to suggest that we have a world and we have control over the world. The world belongs to us. So does the world belong to Hashem or does it belong to us? Two different models. It seems that Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh are at odds with each other. There's an argument between them. Shabbos, everything belongs to Hashem. Rosh Chodesh, everything belongs to the Jewish people. So how do you resolve this machlokas? To understand the conflict between Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, let us consider the conflict described in the first Mishnah of Bava Metziah. Two people enter Bastin by holding onto opposite ends of a single item of clothing. One claims, it's mine. The other voice says, it's mine. What's the halacha? How do you resolve this dispute? No one has any more evidence than the other. They're both holding on to the item. The Mishnah says the garment should be divided between them. Each one gets half. Now, you could sell it and then divide the profits because clearly half an item, half a pair of trousers, doesn't really help you. Now, what happens if they would say, it's all yours. Each one claims the garment belongs to the other person. What's the halacha? In such a case. So Alexander the Great went to visit the king of Katsia, whose land lay beyond the mountains of darkness. The king greeted him, bearing copious gifts of gold and silver, but Alexander refused them, saying, I've got enough. I don't need anything from your country. He explained to the king that the purpose of his visit was to observe how monetary cases were judged in the land of Katsia. The king consented to his request. This is the case that came up. Two men came before the king. The first claimed I bought a field and while plowing it, I discovered a buried treasure. But the treasure doesn't belong to me since I bought only a field and not a treasure. Thus, I maintain that I should return the treasure to the one who sold me the field. The second man countered as follows. When I sold the field, I sold it with all its contents. Thus, the treasure belongs to him, not to me. In effect, each was saying, it's all yours. How did the king of Katsia rule in this case? He asked the first man if he had a son, and the second man if he had a daughter. When both answered yes, the king ruled the son and the daughter should marry and take the treasure as a wedding gift. Noticing Alexander's perplexed expression, the king asked him, did I not judge correctly? How would you have ruled? Alexander responded that he would have killed both and taken the treasure for the royal storehouses. The king then asked him, does it rain in your land? Does the sun shine? Alexander answered, yes. The king of Katia further inquired whether there were farm animals in his country. When Alexander answered that indeed there were, the king commented that it must be only in the animal's merit that the sun shines and the rain falls. Now, what's going on? What's, that? what's Alexander saying? You're going to have to wait till tomorrow. Have a very lovely day.